Welcome to this episode of Planting Seeds. I'm Keith Jones, the preaching minister of the Calera Church of Christ, and I've prepared a short message from Scripture that's intended to be the planting of a seed that, if cultivated, will in time produce fruit in the lives of the listeners. Now, let's get started. The Lord bless and keep you. May His face shine upon you and be gracious and give you peace. As we continue going through the book of Joshua, in this episode, we'll look at Joshua chapter 3. If you have a Bible, follow along while I read, beginning in verse 1. Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and they set out from Shittim. And they came to the Jordan, he and all the people of Israel, and lodged there before they passed over. At the end of three days, the officers went through the camp and commanded the people, As soon as you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God being carried by the Levitical priest, then you shall set out from your place and follow it. Yet there shall be a distance between you and it, about 2,000 cubics in length. Do not come near it, in order that you may know the way you shall go, for you have not passed this way before. Then Joshua said to the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And Joshua said to the priest, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass over before the people. So they took up the Ark of the Covenant and went before the people. The Lord said to Joshua, Today I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all of Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And as for you, command the priest who bear the Ark of the Covenant, when you come to the brink of the water of the Jordan, you shall stand still in the Jordan. And Joshua said, Here is how you shall know that the living God is among you and that he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, and the Jebusites. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth is passing over before you into the Jordan. Now, therefore, take twelve men from the tribes of Israel, from each tribe a man, And when the soles of the feet of the priests bearing the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan shall be cut off from flowing, and the waters coming down from above shall stand in one heap. So when the people set out from their tents to pass over the Jordan with the priest bearing the ark of the covenant before the people, and as soon as those bearing the ark had come as far as the Jordan and the feet of the priest bearing the ark were dipped in the brink of the water, now the Jordan overflows its banks throughout the time of the harvest, the waters coming down from above stood and rose up in a heap very far away at Adam, the city uh, that is beside Zarathan, And those flowing down toward the sea from the Arabah, the salt sea, uh, were completely cut off. And the people passed over opposite Jericho. Now the priest bearing the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firmly on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan, and all Israel was passing over on dry ground until all the nation finished passing over the Jordan. As we explore this chapter, we see dramatic events happening, right? We have um, Joshua telling the priest, you're just going to walk out into the Jordan. 
And when you get into the middle of it, you're going to stand there. We're told in the text that the Jordan is at flood stage, so it's swelled over its banks. And and these priests are ordered to walk in and, and stand in the middle of the Jordan. When they do, the waters are going to stop and all of Israel is going to be able to pass over. And this is reminiscent of the events at the Dead Sea when Israel was leaving Egypt and God allowed them to pass over on dry land. A, a similar thing is happening to a new generation and, and it is a point of commitment to God. I think in a very real way, this crossing of the Jordan River represents the claiming of the inheritance. And as we look at it and try to draw lessons from it, we'll learn lessons about claiming our own inheritance. See, in our time, I think a lot of us expect redemption. We read all the passages in the New Testament about being redeemed and Jesus shed blood Uh, uh, paying a price so that we can be bought back. But while we expect redemption and we expect uh, Jesus to give us that, even sometimes when uh, maybe we haven't given our allegiance to him, we don't always expect conquest. Most of us expect redemption, but not all expect conquest. And so this crossing over of Jordan, it it does some things for Israel that causes them to guard against certain ways of thinking, certain actions and attitudes that could be detrimental to living the life that God has called them to live. As we look at this, I think we can see that crossing guards against many things in our own life. Number one is crossing guards against trusting in our own strength. In this story of crossing the Jordan that covers uh, chapter 3 and chapter 4, the Ark of the Covenant appears 16 times. The essential character in this story is the presence of God. We're told over and over again that it is God and his presence among Israel that is going to bring about the circumstances for their success that are going to allow them to go forward and are going to dictate how they go forward. One of our temptations is that we tend to get ahead of the ark. And notice that the people were told to keep a distance from the ark. Keep it in your view. Don't get too close and certainly don't get ahead of it because you've not been this way before. You don't really know where you're headed here, and you need the presence of God going before you. I think about our current circumstances and and how well we do to listen to this advice. We need to keep God clearly in our view. Know that his presence is among us and follow that presence. Whether it is uh, dealing with Uh, the anxiety that may result from being a part of a pandemic or the frustration you experience with the current social climate or some other issue in your life, not knowing how to be a a single parent to a teenager, not knowing how to handle a new job, not knowing what comes next. It's important for us to keep God in our view, to understand the presence of God is there going before us to lead a path and to give us direction in circumstances where we've never been before. Also, crossing guards against a dead faith. Too many of us walk beside the river and not into it. 
In this story, the priests are told, start walking with the Ark of the Covenant. And when they get to the banks of the river, just keep walking. And we're told that river is at flood stage and they have to wonder, where is the wisdom in this? But they do what they're told and they walk into this flooded river. A lot of us have enough faith to come to the river but not enough faith to step into it. Crossing guards against a dead faith is taking those steps into the floodwaters and and trusting God to bring us through. That guards against a dead faith, a faith that keeps us from taking action. See, it's interesting in this story that the river keeps its power until the faithful of God get their feet wet. Until they get in there and they're doing what God says, they don't expect experience the full blessing of God's presence. Sometimes we get into arguments as religious folks about what actions we have to participate in and whether or not we're clinging to some uh, justification by works, by doing the things God's called us to. But when God calls us to do something and to step off of the banks of the river into the floodwaters, it's in that action that we experience the blessing. The river, the the rivers of doubt, the rivers of frustration, the rivers of uh, impending doom hold their power until we walk into that river and trust God to stop the water. In this story, the rivers keep their power until the faithful of God get their feet wet. And crossing guards against the tendency to limit God. God brings us to Jordan's so that we can see great things for Israel as they came to this Jordan River all but two of them had not experienced crossing the Red Sea but here God is recreating that so that these people can see how powerful God is and I think we need to be reminded sometimes that we have a tendency to limit God and his power. And we need to be reminded of what he's capable of doing. And we need to develop a trust in that. The Bible is full of miracle stories. And I know religious folks argue about uh, their impact and, and how, if at all, we can recreate those in our time. But I think sometimes we miss the point of those miracle stories. The, the miracle stories are not there to tell us how powerful God was. They're there to tell us how powerful God is. The book of Acts tells us not how it was, but how it should be. As Christians, we have a responsibility to understand the heart and the attitude of the people of those first Christian communities and what made them thrive in a culture that was much more hostile to Christianity than the one we live in. How were they able to do that? These people put into practice the things that Jesus had shared with them and told them. They trusted him completely, and they were able to see amazing things that God did because they were willing to get their feet wet. I think in our current societal climate, we are afraid to get our feet wet. We're afraid to stand for what's right. And even more frightening are the people who claim Christianity, but are taking a stand on the wrong side, because it's more comfortable than getting their feet wet. Here's the question we all have to ask ourselves, whether we're talking about society or the troubles in our own life, anything that we might consider a Jordan that that needs to be crossed so that we can claim what God has in store for us. 
one of the first questions we have to ask is, do we really expect God to make a way? Do we really think he's going to do that? If we're convinced he is, then it seems like we would want to find that path and proceed on that path. But I think a lot of us are convinced that we've got to find our own path and we've got to make our own way and impress God with with how we advanced and got to where he wanted us to be. Do we expect God to make a way? And secondly, can God expect that we'll get our feet wet? When he calls us to particular actions and attitudes, to, to uh, mindsets and perspectives, can God expect us to, to start on his path and just keep walking no matter what obstacles are in front of us? Will we persevere through the trials? Will we trust him to stop those floodwaters so that we can make it to the other side and claim what he has promised us? We know that what happens in a couple of chapters is uh, the Battle of Jericho. And we know that, that Israel is victorious in that battle. But we need to stop and think that we will never experience Jericho in our lives until we cross Jordan. Thank you for listening. You can find more of these messages on our website, calirachurchofchrist.org, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. 